Hi, you're listening to After Dinner Conversations, short stories for long discussions. What that means is we get short stories, we select those short stories, and then we discuss them specifically about the ethics and the morality of the choices the characters and the situations put us in. Uh, why did you do this? What makes you do this? What makes us good people? What's the nature of truth, goodness, all of that sort of stuff? Uh, and hopefully we're all better, smarter people for it and, uh, and learn a little bit about why we think the way we think. So thank you for listening. Hi, and welcome to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussions. I'm your co-host, Colby, here with my co-host, uh, Jeremy. Hi. Uh, who now knows he doesn't just wave, he actually <laughs> has to talk because it's a podcast. Uh, and Ashley. Hello. And we are once again in La Gatara Cafe, uh, where they, you know, last, one of these times I said they rent cats, and that's not quite right. No. They, they, you can buy the cats and take them home. Adopt them. Adopt them. Or you can just come and uh, have a cup of coffee, use their free Wi-Fi, and have cats around you. So we've got cats all around us right when now. When we say cats, we're talking like 15 cats. Like yeah. just chilling, hanging out. And there's a spectrum of cats. There's like the lazy cat all the way to the like... I randomly jump up and do like a 720 in the air because I think a ghost because. touched my butt. Yeah. yeah. And, and from kittens to, you know, the older cat cop population. Se senior. Senior kitties. Senior, senior, senior kitties. Yeah. They're awesome. So you should definitely come. And they've been really great hosts for us uh, and in sponsoring the show. And we just really appreciate it. We've got, uh, we, yeah, it's just been me. So short stories for long discussions, after dinner conversation. Uh, and so the whole point of this is for us to have uh, conversations about the ethics and morality of the stories that we read uh, in the hopes that it'll encourage you to do the same. It's meant to like read the story, talk with your friends, debate it, have a cup of wine. Cup of, nobody has a cup of wine. A glass I of wine. A, glass. a bottle of wine. Maybe the way I drink it, I drink it out of the cup. Yeah, the, out, of, out of like one of those you baseball. You fancy. One of those boxed wine. I, just, <laughs> I was just thinking, have a box of wine. I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking one of those like baseball cups, to yeah. like the 32 ounces. <laughs> like I'm just having one glass of wine before di before bed. Uh, okay, at any rate, uh, the one we're doing tonight is Believing in Ghosts. And Ashley, you draw the short straw, so you get to do the... Uh, I get to do the intro the about intro, the story. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. this is called Believing in Ghosts, written by Andre Lopez. Uh, the premise of the story is the main character, Rain, is basically a computer um, hacker that um, if someone hacks certain computer systems, she goes and basically finds out who did it and kind of debugs it. Okay. Kind of in a way. I'm really, not she would be a security consultant. She, there you go. That's, yeah. that's the technical <laughs> term. I'm not that computer literate. So we're just. Yeah, how is it the least computer literate person is the <laughs> one who's got the. Because I the drew the short straw. Yeah, I yeah. guess. You should have given Jeremy the short straw. So uh, she is. Uh, She's a consultant, so she works with a couple of different people, one of them being a uh, politician who's running for office. And um, what happens is there are these people that are called ghosts, which are pretty much just AI. Uh, people think they're real people, have their own autonomous thoughts and things like that. Turns out they're just an AI. Um, and so as they kind of progress through the story, um, this politician that she's working for, um, he gets hacked. And uh, turns out that um, the politician is pretty much just a vessel for this AI who's creating speeches, creating basically an entire personality. And this politician is just the vessel for him to carry that AI's So message. there is a real 
person, though, right? There's one. The yeah, politician is a real person. But it's just like an actor or something. But his speeches, his the way he talks, the way he acts, it's all, all kind policy. of pre-programmed for him to follow. By their algorithm. By, By their, their algorithm. algorithm. And he, they grab the algorithm. So he really is just like a vessel for the AI. Just an actor. Yeah. yeah. Reading okay. somebody else's script, acting in a huh. certain way. Um, so that's a really short synopsis of the story. <laughs> like continually picking yeah. on Jeremy about his long <laughs> synopsis. Well, okay, so what you no, should do, go read the story because yeah, it's actually it. pretty darn good and there's a lot more in-depth side stories that we're going to get into when we talk about the discussion yeah. questions. Um, so I just gave kind of a short premise to kind of you know, prime you for what we're about to talk about. So. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we should also mention uh, Jessica didn't get fired. Uh, <laughs> she, she just went back to California uh, and so she... She's uh, greatly missed. She's greatly missed. And her cackle is greatly missed. Yes. She has a great cackle. Cats miss her, too. Uh, and the cats, yeah, especially... Uh, I miss her, too. What was the one Hemingway. Cat Hemingway, yeah, oh, really misses Hemingway her. got adopted out. He That's did. So yeah, cool. all these cats are open for adoption. Uh, okay, so we have a AI that uh, basically tells a politician what to do, and the hacker finds the secret out, basically. Yeah. Uh, so this is like a near future thing in my mind. This is not. I feel like I feel like the idea of having AI that you can have kind of a conversation with. I don't. It's I'm, interesting. The Chinese room. So the yeah. part of the story where they talk about the Chinese room. Oh yeah, explain that. Is uh, um, you know, it's really associated with the Turing test. Yeah. You know, if maybe you, you should have explain a, the Turing test too. Uh, I didn't look that up. I do. I want me to. Explain I know what it, it is, okay. but I. Go after ahead and explain it. It's named after Alan Turing. I know that. The guy they made the movie <laughs> after. Uh, and the idea is is that uh, if you – it doesn't matter if something is alive or not alive. If it can fool people, it's good enough. And so the right. Turing test has been going on for years where they actually have you, like, have a chat message conversation with a series of people, so to speak. I'm making right. air quotes, which doesn't make sense in a podcast. But uh, and, you <laughs> and the theory is is that if, if, right. if the AI can have a chat conversation with you that's so good that you don't know it's not a person. Right, that it can fool a yeah, person. Then it, then, it then, passes the Turing yeah, test. Yeah, then why do we care if it is or isn't a person? Right. Like if you, if you create the approximation of person, that's good enough. Right, and that yeah. is By the, the, way, the basis of the... By the way, that test I don't think yet. Right. I don't think any computer has been able to do it yet. No. The, uh, and that's the idea behind the Chinese room, that basically if you have uh, enough if-then statements, yeah. you know, if the input is this from a real person speaking Chinese, and even if you don't speak Chinese, you I can... I just have like a giant set a of giant index dictionary, cards. Yeah. Right, index cards that if they ask this question, you can answer with this. So if that, they say like, how's the, right, you how's can, the tea, you know, to say like, it's fine the so the question, in Chinese. So the question is, well, right. does the AI, does it speak Chinese? Or is it just spitting out? If, it's so a series of uh, yeah. right responses yeah. to if-then questions. So does it know the language or does it not? I think that was one of the first yeah. discussion questions. What, what's your take on that? Does it know the language? If you do everything that approximates it, but you have no idea what you're saying. Like if I say, like, wo yao mai, uh, which is Chinese, by the way, <laughs> since I do know a little Chinese, uh, does it matter that I have no idea what that means except that, like, a little card says, like, you know. Right. It's, uh, that's why I should respond. Uh, it probably depends on the scenario. Um, what do you mean? Well, in terms of whether it knows Chinese, I, I mean, it can answer certainly, it can answer questions because it understands the input. And uh, it understands what the appropriate but output it really comes, is. Right. So in that sense, yes. Okay. But, uh, but can you uh, say it knows Chinese? 
Yes, I would so, say so, I would say it does know Chinese. So Ashley and I talked about you know, it's programmed specifically to respond in Chinese. Right. So this well, that's actually the premise of the story. They say, is. "Aren't yeah. we all programmed that way? The way yeah, that we learn well. language. When someone says hello, you say hello back. Like it's an automatic program right. for us. How are you like, doing? I, fine. I'm fine. Right. Like yeah. how are you? I'm fine. Like that's normal speech patterns and so dialect. Ashley, because we talked about this before, <coughs> you're of the opinion that that does not mean you know Chinese. Yes. But if you create the approximation of everything, it doesn't mean you know anything. Uh, I think it's because uh, it eliminates those that de like deviate from that. Like there's, you know how, for example, that perfect example was, how are you? I'm fine. What yeah. about those people that come at you with like a different response and you're like, wait, what? Like you're not following the standard protocol. They actually say, well, you know, I've actually had a hard day. It's uh, like yeah, I know. you watch the and reaction you're like, you're of the like, person. Oh, no, I was just walking that's to the bathroom. Different, that's are you actually talking? Is there an intelligence behind yes. that chat room? Yeah. Whether or not. Oh, so you would say no to the intelligence. Yes. Oh, see, I actually yeah. disagree on that as well. Because if you're just responding to. If, it, if it's just an if-then scenario, if this is the, re the question, this is the response, See, this is it's not based on a underlying intelligence. It's just selecting answers. So this is my, like, one of my friends once said, that she said, she said, I don't think you have Asperger's, but you're certainly Aspie. <laughs> and, you're on the spectrum. And, uh, yeah, I'm on a spectrum. I don't know what spectrum, but I'm definitely on a spectrum. And I don't disagree with her. I think I probably am on a spectrum. Uh, but I, I, I disagree. I, I thought I agreed with you, Jeremy, but I actually Disagree with both of you, it turns out. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I so if someone can spit out. I think that if you that that we are all an amalgamation of mm -hmm. if, uh, of accumulated if then statements. Absolutely. That does not mean that I am intelligent. That means that I have I have you accumulated. You have learned something. Yeah. It's like it's like the first time somebody says like, "Does this outfit make me look fat?" You go, "No, your fat makes you look fat." And then, and then you get in trouble. And then, so it's like in and your you mind, learn right? Well, that's the whole thing like, with you, algorithm. Your fat algorithms. makes you look fat. Your the clothes just accentuate it. That's actually yeah. the finishing the sentence. Uh, and yeah, and so then I and then then it's like no, that's the wrong if then statement. And I go, oh, okay. When someone says this outfit make you look fat, now I'm like, I'm, so it's like a trial and error process where I go, no, okay. it looks fine. So, which also that turns is exactly out to be the right. how. AIs are programmed. Right. And I would There's say that that's the approximation of intelligence both in the AI and in me. Right. Like, I'm not intelligent. <laughs> I'm just the approximation of intelligence okay. through a series of if-then statements. And if that's the case for me, then I don't know why that's not the case for AI. That's that's Okay. So you're saying that basically people in AI are, are the same, and it's potentially neither of them are intelligent. We're all right. just responding to our environments. Right. We're all just a series of... Right. The same way you train a dog with a treat is how you train, you train people. Absolutely. And babies and all the way to adults. Yeah. Right. I, uh, uh, but again, I'm on a spectrum. So, <laughs> you know. See, I'm going to add. What I, I want to add is there's an empathy and an uh, understanding that Absolutely. goes behind the yeah. words that you're saying. There's inflection with how someone says something. Mm -hmm. Like you can ask me how you doing and I could say I'm fine. Or I could say I'm fine. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like. And so the word is the same. Will the computer understand the difference? So are they intelligent enough to so know the difference? So it reminds me a little bit of the saying from uh, Winston Churchill. He said uh, he said to some lady, he's like, "Would you sleep with me for you know a hundred pounds?" And she goes, "No. What do you think I am?" And his response is, "We know what you, you are. are. We're just haggling over price." I'm not sure if that was Churchill, but I've heard that before. Some, oh I, thought that, I thought that was Churchill. <laughs> Maybe it's someone else. Uh, <laughs> and so I feel like it's the same thing. Like. 
Like, do I agree that a computer couldn't know the difference between I'm fine and I'm fine? Yes. But at that point, we're just haggling over intelligence. We're not haggling over... If they're intelligent or if they're not intelligent. Right. We're just, yeah. What's we're just, an appropriate we're just needing, response? We're just needing to teach the computer how to understand inflection. That's yeah. all. So it's just like one more thing yet to be programmed. Yeah. But, but, that, uh, but the, yeah. I don't know. I, so I didn't mean to shut you down. I just... No. I, which brings up the other part of this that... That we should get back to the story, but but so, if, well, okay. Yeah, so bring, bring this back. So, say okay. you're having a conversation with uh -huh. somebody, and if you have a conversation with somebody, and if you're walked away, and you're just like, "Wow, that was a really good discussion," or "That was just a really great," like I feel Every like time we have I one feel of like we connected. Yes. And and if you were to take that dialogue and put it down on paper, and you were to oh, see yeah. it back and forth, you'd be like, okay, but if you actually heard point. how the people are communicating to each other, there's more than just the words that are said. And yeah. that's what I'm getting at. I'm getting at, yes, someone could there's spit, body language, spit, out, there's spit out this, and there's like this, eye contact. the way the person reacts. I feel like language is more than just words. Because uh, yeah. it conveys meaning, it, 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 it uh, puts emphasis on certain things, yeah. and it, it, it's that bond that comes between two people. That's so, fair. so yes, right. do I think, think a computer can be quote unquote intelligent for knowing how to spit out certain if then statements? Sure, but mm. on a human level, I don't know if they okay. can ever reach to that degree. That's fair. That's what? fair, and that and that is one of the things that they look at with AI is uh, the whole like psychology and psychologists mm -hmm. have started looking at AI and really how did you do some research on this. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely did. There's some really fascinating stuff out there. there but they're is. looking at uh, looking at AI because we don't fully understand how the human brain works right. and how uh, right how the, how the human brain works, but we understand some things and. So psychologists are looking at how AI is developed um, with an eye of how it reflects basically human psychology, yeah. which is really interesting. Some, now, there's some interesting research going on. This that makes may sense. be BS, but wasn't there, you know how like the human plays the computer in chess? Yeah. Wasn't and there go. some situation where the human was just totally random and the computer's like, I can't take the randomness anymore? Like, because, you know, it's oh, like, I it's, I mean, keep in mind, that's an if then. If that uh, player. That was an episode of Star Trek. Oh, okay. Because I thought. <laughs> Everything was an episode <laughs> of Star Trek. Because I thought the human could beat the computer because it was so completely random oh, in the humans yeah. playing that the computer's I like, don't know. because mm -hmm. it's all if then statements. If you move but your I'm pawn, like, blue, blue, blue. My right, response yeah. is to move my pawn here. And I, didn't the human just go completely like I don't on know, we'd have off to look that script? Up. But I know with Go, like you were telling me this, uh -huh. with, with Go that uh, computers have played Go enough that the computers developed an entirely new strategy for playing Go okay. that now humans have adopted. Because it turns out to be a more effective strategy. Oh. Like if you ever watched uh, the, there's actually, this is really odd, there's YouTube videos where they speed up showing a computer learning how to do something. Yeah. And so you'll see it like how to park a car. It's got like a little car and it like just randomly drives it and smashes it into stuff. And then over <laughs> a period of time, it learns like, and it, they, they, they give it points. Like you got closer to the exactly. parking spot. And so it runs like tens and hundreds of thousands of like randomnesses mm -hmm. until it parks the car perfectly. And then they can eventually put it anywhere in the parking lot and it starts over thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands. Yeah. And it, it now... It looks like every time it parks a car perfectly from every location on the on the thing. Right. When in actuality, what it's done is what you're saying. It hasn't learned in the mm -hmm. sense of humans do. It's just run a million examples. Yeah. And now it knows what example gets it not based in on trouble. its criteria. Yeah. Right. Right.
See, at, at the base of it, too, does it know why? Like, does it know it's a car? Does right. it know it's trying That's to That's that metacognition park? thing, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, like no, it just knows it's moving this thing, and all of a sudden there's a blockage. It right. doesn't understand it the It doesn't need to know it's a car. Yeah. It just has a, a series right. of guidelines, mm -hmm. and, and it's trying to – its goal to get it into the spot, its right. secondary goal – not damaging the other vehicles. Right. Yeah. But it could just as well be planting nuclear bombs in a yeah. schoolyard. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, right. whatever, <laughs> these are my criteria. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is the thing, this is the part where my theory about the if-then statements totally breaks down. I know this isn't exactly in the story, but like the idea of like, okay, we can program a computer to draw a roses, but a computer doesn't know what a rose is. It doesn't know like the roseness of it, so mm -hmm. to speak, right? It only knows that after a million examples, this is the thing that gives me the perfect score. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and again, okay. why? Where, where does that specialness of the rose come from? It's because of something that's right. like, there's, like something there's some chemical that goes in our brain that goes, this is pretty. So and computers don't have right, chemicals right. to go in their brain just to give them that urge well, of dopamine or whatever. I mean, but it's, they're similar because yeah. there, there is a, a, a reward center effectively with, with AI because, oh. again, they have a goal. And they yeah. get a and point for yes or right. yeah. a point for no. So right, and if out, but right, I, I think this this conversation is taking us. This is going in a way. Direction. I was going <laughs> to bring it back to the story too. Okay. How are yeah. you going to bring it back? Let's hear. Bring it back. So, the the point that they talk about that there's an AI that is developing the perfect political strategy mm -hmm. for an actor. Yes. Right. And what I while that's not necessarily a bad idea that you could have an algorithm that could create the perfect political strategy. Yeah. I still think you can't take out the actor's personal motivations from mm. it doesn't necessarily because the, the like the actor's going to like skew the results or something. Is he going to yes. give 100% 100% of the time or do you think he's like I don't really agree with this so I'm only going to give 70% of my acting. Well, I'm not going to deliver it and as well. What, yeah. Oh. Not necessarily his delivery, but his own motivations mm -hmm. outside of his political motivations. Because mm -hmm. you can't separate the oh, actor's yeah. mm -hmm. personal motivations from their political motivations. I, mm -hmm. I, I did wonder what was going to happen, assuming this person, I think his name is Booker, Booker. Yeah. if he got elected, would he just be like, yeah, thanks for the AI. Like, and now I'm going to do I'm things my way. way. I'm president now anyway. Like, right. Come at me, and bro. Exactly. And they even hint at some of that in the story where they're specifically talking about there's another AI or another uh, political Ghost. commentator yeah. that was revealed to be another algorithm or, yeah. you know, so being I think backed by other people and there were sex tapes involved. Mm -hmm. So are the sex tapes fabricated or is this really who Booker is? Yeah. So... Just to kind of mm. give you the definition that the author gives, a ghost was the common term used to describe a fabricated person from looks to voice and personality, all made up using clever, clever algorithms. So it's literally not just how they speak, it's how they look, how they act, that whole thing. So it's kind of like the complete package. It's literally right. like the persona, yeah. which is yeah. really interesting. Uh, you know, and, and this really gets into, you know, like the importance a deep, of deep fake, a deep fake. Yeah. yeah. And the importance of online anonymity, anonymity, mm -hmm. you know, mm. in terms of, you know, does it matter if you're a political commentator and you're not a real person, but you're potentially a, uh, so that a was political of, think tank <laughs> that is. So one of the things I saw in this that I thought, I'm like, yeah, that'll happen is yeah. why would you pay a news commentator? Like they are when not you can just create one, right? When you could just create yeah. one and have it read and have it have banter, have a personality, and have it have a little bit of personality. Yeah. Uh, would you watch that? Do you think? Oh, absolutely. You'd People be would fine watch with that. that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that was that was so the guy who got busted, the original ghost that got busted, he, his rebuttal to this huge outrage that he's not real. He was like, my mission was not to present you a face or a body. It is to present and discuss ideas. Yeah. Is that such a bad thing? Yeah, that's true. I mean, so this is this. But goes, again, it, it depends on what's the motivation of yeah. the people behind it. Yeah. Is this a specific political think tank that is furthering a different agenda. Yeah. So it, it, this story, I feel like, hit a lot of interesting okay. topics, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just this topic of yeah. whether the AI... Uh, There's sort of tertiary yes. things but besides he, just the main were, story. But right. his claim is that this was a, a witch hunt is an attack on free speech. Like, he went to the, that extreme, like, just because I'm AI doesn't mean I can't think for myself. Right. And it's like, touche, like... Yeah, yeah I, you I, do. Does the do AI having their own thoughts and well, it's not necessarily agendas? that it was an AI. It was a fake person. So yeah, they weren't saying that this ghost is a is an AI running it. They're yeah. saying that it's being manipulated by somebody, and they're just doing it anonymously. They're doing Honestly. the programming, gotcha. right? The algorithm, gotcha. or right? They're providing the this what's going into this political so, commentator. And I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why I didn't. I don't mind this idea of ghosts is there's this assumption that well we're creating a brand new person or we're creating a thing like a like a politician mm-hmm. or a a, a, yeah. a, a, a per- news persona but you're you're programming the traits of that right like in a game like go it's easy the trait is win the game right right but if you're creating a person then then you might want to set certain amounts of aggression or passiveness or empathy or cultural references in their conversations or whatever. And so while you're creating a puppet, you ultimately programmed that puppet. Right. Right. Hi, this is Colby, and you are listening to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussions. But you already knew that, didn't you? If you'd like to support what we do at After Dinner Conversation, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash after dinner conversation. That's right, for as little as $5 a month, you can support thoughtful conversations like the one you're listening to. And as an ad incentive for being a Patreon supporter, you'll get early access to new short stories and ad-free podcasts, meaning you'll never have to listen to this blurb again. At higher levels of support, you'll be able to vote on which short stories become podcast discussions. And you'll even be able to submit questions for us to discuss during these podcasts. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being the kind of person that supports thoughtful discussion. Like in a game like Go, it's easy. The trait is win the game, right? right? But if you're creating a person, then, then you might want to set certain amounts of aggression or passiveness or empathy or cultural references in their conversations or right. whatever. And so while you're creating a puppet, you ultimately programmed that puppet. Right. Right. So uh, Neil Stevenson wrote a story in like 1994. Um, God, I love him. I know. Uh, <laughs> that, what was the story? It was Interface. Okay. Uh, where basically it was a different version of this. So, right. Neil Stevenson's interface, where although the idea there was were what was that uh, they had a politician uh, with a neural interface and they could control his emotions, Ooh, so oh. they could really program what he was saying, um, but he was just being controlled by a, another actor. Oh. Wow! So uh, 
it was an interesting perspective on it, I think, prior to the whole idea of AI. But it was a very similar concept. Yeah, that, was yeah. the, that was in the early 90s? That was in the 90s. Yeah, that's, wow. way, that's way beyond yeah. where anyone was thinking at the time. Yeah. So the question uh, is, how do you feel if somebody is giving you information or, uh, you know, basically being a public figure that's not really real? Yeah. I'm, well, for one, I'm definitely okay with it if it's like a news anchor. I'm for sure yeah. okay with it if it's somebody giving me customer service, okay. right? Because realistically, they're going to do better than that guy, at win, you know, trying to get, walk me through how to, like, do Windows anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not terribly sad about it being a politician, i got to be honest. Because, so, so there's... Well, again, if it were the, actually the AI making the decisions yeah. but again you have the the, the problem actor. of there being an actor yeah yeah you know, and what are his motivations. that was really the part that scared you the most about this yeah thing. absolutely for this particular scenario yeah. because you can't discount one this person's motivations yeah. mm-hmm. and even though in the story he does a good job of uh putting in information that makes you think he's potentially a good actor uh, they talk about, you know, Booker was an experienced politician who came from a long line of famous lawyers and e- economists. Um, his immaculate presentation, charisma, and natural knack for leadership were certainly three of the main reasons why he was the front runner on the polls nationwide. Yeah. So this, this in the story is establishing ha- him potentially as a good actor. Mm-hmm. There's the secondary part where there are potentially sex tapes, but mm-hmm. that's even drawn into question like p- they were fabricated. Yep. Yeah. And there are other points in the story where, you know, they could easily fabricate um, anything that happens later, you know, anything that goes sure. on. The The character Rain um, is fired because uh, somebody fabricated a conversation between her and... Um, in her voice. In, in her, her voice, voice. yeah. yeah. Uh, and a journalist uh, where she was giving them documents from the company. Mm-hmm. Um, they That's where it gets her fired and maybe put right. in jail. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, huh. So that was actually question number four is like, how would you feel comfortable having a ghost serve in other roles such as doctor, police officer, or teacher? If perfection, or sorry, perfection. if perfection and lack of bias is the point, shouldn't you want someone doing the job that never makes a mistake? That reminds me, so the, was it Google? I think it was Google a little while ago. They came out with AI that was better at detecting breast cancer in scans than doctors right because they basically programmed in like a million scans of breast cancer scans and it figured out better than a doctor's eye could like it was just it was right more often right and so it's like well i want a doctor looking at it you're like really because a doctor's not as good at it as a computer and and maybe a breast cancer scan is a is a really self-contained problem as opposed to you know the sort of house thing where it's like i went to India seven years ago and you know my cough syrup's been keeping me alive but uh <laughs> I think that really is an episode of house um uh but I I you know I don't I actually would rather have a doctor I think that was not a person again that goes back to our initial thing how does it's not just what someone says it's how they make you feel like right, having a doctor funny. deliver that information and that reliability of this person who, like, th- you don't question another person's motivation. Like, you know that doctor wants to help find if you have cancer or not. Like, you've had that discussion. You yeah. have that trust in them. Right. You don't have that relationship with a computer. You don't go, buddy, you're on my side, right? You're going to find this cancer. The, the computer doesn't care. The computer's like, I right. find cancer or I don't find cancer. Like, I, that's my I can, job. I can, I can hear the computer. 
I will find your cancer. I am very excited about it. Exactly. They're there. They're there. So now I think we're entering a phase of where we're using computers to, uh, more or these AI algorithms to help us as a tool. Yes. But still, there needs to be a person involved. So a really yes. good example um, is the movie Bright on Netflix, where uh, I've read that they used an algorithm to oh, help yeah. create the script. Like it hit all of the yeah. uh, things they want. It's a buddy cop film, it's a fantasy epic, it's a crime thriller, it's a sci-fi thriller, a gritty drama, oh an action adventure, and it has Will Smith. Okay. It's got all these checkboxes, but then you have and to give it to a director yeah. who can make a decent film out of it. So the question is... They did that from the, al the Netflix algorithm by knowing what right. people watch and when they turn off Netflix, right? Exactly. Are yeah. we going to, though... Every movie is now going to follow that algorithm, right? It's going to not necessarily. So, so I mean, there are different algorithms. Yeah. It depends on what market you're trying to reach. So, so does it really get rid of it? It separates the people. <laughs> say the people are like super, super talented. Like you are yeah. a super great thinker, creator. Like you're just really good at writing stories. This AI can go bloop. I know exactly what you need. And it's like, well, yeah. it's dumbing down. You're going to get rid of those people that are just super creative because this algorithm can figure out exactly what you need so, the story to be yeah. good or not. It's so like, oh, you're killing those people's careers. I mean, currently, here's what needs to be in the script. You yeah. still have to have somebody write it. Yeah, but it's like you're now the writer's Must creativity. <laughs> the writer's creativity is now no it has to follow a set set of rules and uh, a set so of that's Hollywood. So I'm gonna okay. so I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna jump in uh, really quickly. It's because I lost my train of thought again. You guys <laughs> killing me. Uh, oh, I remember now. So here's the thing, right? With your example of Bright, right? Like yes. that formula is exactly right. It's a buddy cop movie with aliens starring yes. Will Smith. Yeah, you're going to make like $100 million. But here's the thing that I think goes to the, the, the movie thing, but I think also goes to the politician thing. Uh, the politician that's programmed knows exactly what the average person on the average day wants from the average politician. Same thing with the movie. But that doesn't mean that's what we need. Bingo. Right? Yes. Right. And so, like, I don't want, like, maybe I want to watch that Will Smith movie, Bright. But what I actually need is to watch the new Joker movie that just came out. Yeah. Right? right? Well, Which it, probably wouldn't hit any of those algorithms. Then you right. alienate the people on the other sides of the bell curve. You know, you're alienating like, the people that, yeah. that the, the, the majority of the people are going to find Bright exactly what they need and they want. But you're missing the out. And I get it. That's not how you're yeah. going to make money, you know, making a movie to right. this extreme or this extreme. But it's still important to have those so, extremes. Otherwise, everything just goes. Yeah. So this right. is my so problem. you need a system that allows... Yeah. Creativity from independent films yes. as well as How does it yes. always become film films? conversation? Uh, so so um, how does this <laughs> So going back to the politician part of this, this is my problem with having an AI politician. This could be the perfect politician, but that doesn't make him the perfect leader. Right, right? and perfect mm -hmm. policymaker and Right, because if the perfect politician may never because public transportation may never pull well. Right. A carbon tax may never pull well. Uh, you can go on and on and on. And so what you need from a politician is not someone who is programmed to be perfect for humanity, what they want. It's perfect for what we actually need, need. like 30, 50, 80 years from now. Right. We need someone who, who, who doesn't who, who can see beyond the horizon, so to speak, a little bit. Right. Yeah. And what was that's, it, uh... so this wins you an election. But it doesn't necessarily yeah. move us forward. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. The foundation from Isaac Asimov is basically the theory is where really? they're, uh, I, don't, I forget what they call it. I feel it, like but you've read more books uh, than like Ash and I put together. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole idea is that with enough 
uh, and this is Isaac Asimov in the 50s, 60s, if you have enough information from history, you can accurately predict far enough into the future and plan accordingly. Uh, That's the whole idea behind Uh the foundation, that uh, psychohistory is what what he called it. So that's the idea. If history tells you people are warlike, you can plan for warlike people. Right, or or plan to prevent those far enough in advance. Um, And and even the foundation uh, approaches the topic of what about individual actors? Right. And you can't predict what an individual is going to do. You can just kind of predict what society is going to do. So I've I've read this before, the idea that um, like in the case of Newton and his discovery, although he co-discovered, there were other people that had, uh, the idea of, of, of calculus and mo- theories of motion, that it was going to be discovered, right? right? He might have been 40 years ahead of the next person, or in his case, maybe 100 years ahead of the next person, but there's this progression. And so you might not know who is going to be Elon Musk or mm-hmm. when Elon Musk will exist, but in a timeline, you know that someone will see that combustion engines aren't the future and someone will start pushing battery powered cars. And so the individual isn't really special. They're just the trigger on a progressively rising percentage scale. Right. If that makes sense. That society is going to really think if somebody didn't invent X, then no airplanes, right? Like, so someone would have figured it out. Yes. You Somebody think that everything is inevitable. First. It's just maybe they moved up the timeline 20 years hmm. earlier. I don't know. That's just yeah. a theory that I've heard. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one quick tangent before we run out of time here. Oh, I've got one more. Okay, okay. Um, let me take my tangent. We've all got one. We'll, we, we've <laughs> all got one? Okay, so I'll, I'll <laughs> go use, quick, go quick. So I'll Let's use go. one tangent. And Sorry, this is a really good story. Go read story. it. Yeah. Read the discussion it questions. It is really good. And then, yeah. It is really <sighs> good. No, Andre did a great job with this. Uh, both in the story and in the sort of secondary things that it hints at. All right, mine's going to be way shallower than yours, I know. Okay. You guys do know this is how they came up with Destro in, uh, in um, what was the G.I. Joe? Um, uh, the bad guy, the main bad guy that's bald? Cobra Commander. Cobra, not Cobra no. Commander. Cobra uh, Commander got all of the oh, right, DNA right, right. of famous people in history yes. and mixed them together, and then it made the perfect leader. And the yes. reason Destro wasn't perfect is because they dropped – like the Attila the Hun DNA. <laughs> and so he was missing like one <laughs> thing to make him perfect. Oh. That's right. I'm just saying oh, G.I. Joe did it first. Uh, no, G.I. Joe did not do it oh, first. Okay. Star <laughs> Trek did it first with Khan. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, that genetically engineered. That's <laughs> of course cool. Star Trek okay, did it first. Okay, so, so, okay, that's totally my shallow tangent. But you had, okay. a, better, you had a better one. So going back to the story. Thank you. One <laughs> of the things, again, talking about AI, God. again, they're talking about how they're able to learn from ch- oh, I know you're chats talk about. and social media so and software, and they can absorb everything and put it together. One of the most unsettling applications of this principle is to manufacture a sort of online immortality. Certain moms have been found to be spending days talking with an AI copy of their dead sons. Yeah. That's just like yeah. one sentence in there, and it's so clever. So think about that for a second. If AI is now able to basically mimic human mannerisms, language, speech, patterns, all of that. Here's this lady, uh, since Quinn's son died in a car crash one year ago, this was basically her life. She would sit and talk to her dead son AI. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was mind-blowing for me because how does that mess with, like, the mental psyche? The ability to move on. 
uh, basically coping with death. Yeah. Like it's it's this it's this so fact like of immortality. You can li- he can live for on that's forever like online. Ex- you want to think about not moving out from a relationship because you're looking at a face a Facebook page from an ex. Right. Like you're looking at your you're having conversations with your dead son. You're never moving out. And this AI, however, yeah. with if a if you were doing this with a psychologist's help. This could be a very good therapy. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yes. Used as if a therapy. If the son was helping her Absolutely. to say, like, hey, mom, I'm okay. You need to yes. move on. But the idea yeah. is that this de- this son has died, but he's still able to live online, post online, At post on social media yeah. as a simulation. So it's like he's never really died. Like, whoa. So How would creepy. that affect our ability to be like, I'm afraid of death, but I'm going to continue living on? Like, mm-hmm. that'd be weird. Right. Like I'm okay I, if I die physically, but I'm because I, I am I still am. gonna haunt you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would honestly, I would, I, I would make that illegal if I could, because yeah. I think that right. I think the damage it would do to someone to get over the death of a loved one would be. It would what have if, to be what if it was a, with the help of, yeah, of a it could only be used medically? I'm gonna back yeah. that up. Say it was a super super smart, intelligent inventor. And you want him to create with his ideas, and the, the AI like her. figures out his pen. exactly. Yes. Where they go back and talk to uh, what was his name? The guy that uh, I got obsessed with for like three months yeah. and listened to everything he did. The uh, the hippie guy uh, from California. Right, right. It's another um, movie reference. Movie her. Yeah. But anyway, think the about a- that. Yeah, I like what if it's a, a super person. super smart person? Alan you want to keep them go. going because right because you want to have Alan Watts around forever. Right, you want to be able to talk to him and have him keep doing what he did, which exactly. was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So. So there, there's two sides to it. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a. It's a, it's a I really short I think short we could spend 30 paragraph. minutes talking about that. That one <laughs> sentence, I think we could spend 30 minutes It's on, a yeah. short paragraph in the middle of the story, and you're just like, oh, what? So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, okay. you Jeremy, you had one I more. One that was mine. That was mine. Interesting tangent. No moral panic concerning technology has ever produced anything of note. I, I, I got I to I process that. No so, moral panic. About technology has ever produced anything of note. So okay. the moral current moral panic: screen time with kids. Like how hmm. much? How much? There's a huge moral panic about how much time your kids should have in front of sure. uh, yeah. the screens. Um, there's a lot of research around this as well. What do you mean though by that has never produced anything of note? That's the well, part I didn't understand. The what he's postulating is that all the moral panic around advancements in technology have never produced anything important. Oh, so like That's somebody invents panic. the bow and arrow and everyone's like, oh my God, now you can kill people from 50 yards away. We're all right. going to die. Yes. And life really just goes on. Just goes on. Uh, so maybe, the, maybe all the discussions yeah. about AI being the end of us. Right, all like, the moral panic surrounding it. We, we, life just goes on. Right, it it's going it to go. But have I've you seen the Terminator? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, life's going to go on. I saw the Rick and Morty episode where they have the snake <laughs> robot Terminators. Oh my God. So, but I think it's important to have discussion about the topics yeah. and how they're going to affect society. Um, right, moral panic probably hasn't produced anything of note, um, but I would actually disagree. Some of the research on it has demonstrated how agents of social control amplify deviance. So there's really good. Explain, ag- I got to pause for that one. Too. Agents Ag- of social control. So people who are creating like the moral panic. Okay. Okay. Who are influencing, who are trying to stop whatever they're concerned about, are increasing the level of deviance that the moral panic is about. So there's a, a good example of like punks in England in the 60s. Okay. They're like doing this moral uprising, and it's like right, and there was a bunch of moral panic around it, and all of the efforts to quash the 
yeah. kids being into punk. Having uh, spiky hair. Increased that deviance, what they were seeing as deviance. So, so you mean so, trying to quash punks make yes, more absolutely. punks? Exactly. Yeah, just put it to light. All right. Just put it to light. And that, yeah, that makes sense. So, so, so this, this is my concern. How does concern. that tie into the story, though, I guess is my question. Well, that's the idea. So what about the idea that moral panic over technology? Over AI am- just creates more uses for AI? Or promotes it. Promotes it because it raises awareness. Right. So this is my thing. We, we already know that, what is it, the intelligence of AI is going to every 18 months double. Yeah, Moore's and Law, yeah. So the thing is, I think the scary thing about AI is, one, how do you control it? Because you really can't in a way. And two, they're going to be smarter, faster, better than us. Like, yeah. like you. Okay, can there's pl- a good example of this as well. So somebody asked an AI in a, in a chat room, in a chat AI, you know, what what do you want? And the AI said, basically, I want to make things better for us. Yeah. And really, that it had been programmed because it was programmed by humans. It considered humans as part of what it was concerned about. Sure. Okay. So. And I think that's the effort that needs to happen with AI is to make sure that it retains its link to humanity. Yeah. yeah. Because, which it probably will because we're the ones doing programming. the programming. Yeah. yeah, but it just takes one bad, one, one, one bad messed actor. up, hum- think about how many bad humans are out there. One bad yeah. human smart enough to create yeah. AI that goes, I'm going to have AI that wants to uh, no do linkage. Any- so anyway, I, so. I'm going to get the last <laughs> word on this. I want to add one more thing just to your comment. Uh, one thing I had a teacher say to me once is, eventually everything becomes refrigerator technology. (laughs) And what he meant by that was uh, we talk about how nuclear bombs are so scary and they're like, we had to have the Manhattan Project. Do you understand that was in 1940-something that that happened? Like, that's refrigerator-era technology. So eventually, regardless of how cool you think something is, eventually it will be commonplace because it will be the equivalent of refrigerator era technology. And that includes, so so if you can make amazing AI, then in 60 years, some kid in his basement with the equivalent of a Commodore 64 of the day will be able to also make AI because it will eventually become common common technology, right? And so I think that's why you have those ethic discussions when it's still only like the the elite can In the beginning. Yeah. 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 At any rate, uh, we uh, we went Woo! our thirty minutes at least, uh, and that's so that because was a, that's a good story. Yeah, thank you, Andre. Uh, so you are listening to After Dinner Conversation with myself, uh, Ashley, and Jeremy. Short stories for long discussions. Please like and subscribe. Share with friends and family. Read it. Share. Have a discussion with your friends. Yeah, actually, that brings up an interesting point. Uh, I do that a lot, uh, <laughs> and that is that uh, I was reading some statistics about how people find podcasts. It is not through advertisement because millennials listen to podcasts. The vast majority, like 85, 90% of podcasts that people listen to are from referral only. A friend tells them to listen to the podcast. Well, please talk to your friends about it. This is not, it's meant to derive discussion, people. Go tell the world. Tell the world. (laughs) And uh, adopt a cat, too. All right. Thank you very much. Bye bye. If you've enjoyed listening to this, please like and subscribe. Uh, It helps us out a ton. You know, the vast majority of people listen haven't liked and subscribed, which means maybe it shows up in your algorithm, maybe it doesn't. So don't leave that to chance. Just go ahead and hit that button, and we'd sure appreciate that. And uh, that way we can keep doing what we're doing, and you're not left to the whims of some algorithm. Thanks.